I'm Jennifer Campbell. I'm Karen Corgan. And I'm Kelsey Litchfield. Welcome to the Girls Talk Ag Podcast, brought to you by the Global Ag Network. This podcast is where we plow through the manure online and discuss what's currently going on in agriculture. From the good stuff to the rough stuff, we may not always be politically correct, but we're definitely honest. Good morning, guys. So the world is crazy. I think that. I feel like we say that every time though, right? The sky is falling. Isn't that chicken little? Yeah. yeah. Chicken little. I always call Chris chicken little. He always thinks the crop is failing or something, but sometimes I think I saw a thing on social media the other day. It said, do you believe social media has provided more good or bad? And the majority of people said bad. I disagree. Um, but I think it's what you take away from it. Um, and so if you've muted people or blocked them yet or not. <laughs> yeah, and how you look at it. Uh, so Kelsey sent us out, I think it was a list of five articles that you'd seen. Mm-hmm. And um, the headlines alone, I mean, these foods could disappear if pollinator populations continue to dwindle. Among thousands of century farms in the state, only 30 have been in the same family for 200 years. Here's why the ultra wealthy like Bill Gates and Thomas. Peterfee I don't know who that is. Peter Fee? Peter investing Fee? in U.S. farmland. FDA warns against livestock medication as COVID treatment. Oh, that's on my list today. There are fewer people in rural America. That's a problem for ranch and farm labor. We could discuss that one in Afghanistan. Knees. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Afghans. I don't know why I want to call them Afghanistanis. And I don't mean any disrespect. So send hate mail to me, whatever. I'm not, I'm just, I have word issues. But everything is um, phrased negatively. Would you, um, most of the time, would you agree with that? Everything is phrased negatively. It's to get people to click on it. Yeah, I would say clickbait. Yeah. It is clickbait, but it's no wonder people think social media is has provided less good than good that doesn't make sense see words are hard sometimes Le- more bad than good um mm-hmm. now i i am i i i don't i'm not a clickbait person don't ask about chris oh my god he'll click on anything um that's what she said that's what I am, right but when I think about social media, I think about you two immediately. Like we would mm-hmm. not be, number one, we would not be doing this. Number two, we wouldn't even be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the people that I probably consider the closest in my life that I'm not related to are through social media. Mm-hmm. Some live close. We just may not have been in the same circle or met. The majority that I talk to every day live in different states. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think we focus so much on the bad and the headlines. I think that goes back to, you know, is it politics dividing us? What's dividing us? Well, it's the media that's dividing us, whether it's social media or news media or whatever it is. I mean, that's what's, you know, their clickbait is trying to divide and, you know. Yeah. I think it's just gotten worse this year. The pandemic has definitely made it worse. Because well, it's definitely because we didn't have anything to rely on but the TV and social media. Yeah, we were stuck at we were stuck at home. That's how we looked to the outside world was 
social media. And the one thing I really took away from my journalism classes, I took a lot of things away, but one was a copy editing class. And our instructor lecturer always told us, first thing you do when you read an article, look at who it's written by and when. And I can't tell you how many people share things on social media that happened like five years ago or they see a missing missing child that happened 10 years ago and you're sharing it right now. Like, I just wish people would look more into um, who's writing the article, what's their credibility, just do a little bit more extra work before just believing something that you see right away. Yeah, those missing children things, those popped up a lot on Facebook and it's like, like no one looks at the date mm-hmm. and in the first place like when you share on Facebook the date is literally right up in the top yeah top left corner right under the person who posted it or is it I have to look it's it's I mean it's literally right there it's right there and and people were like oh my gosh sharing oh my gosh prayers look that was 10 years ago mm-hmm. and, and somebody saw it panicked hit share and worked mm-hmm. up a bunch of other people yeah I was just pulling up an article. Um, I had posted, well, Carrie, Derry Carrie, Carrie Mess had posted an article the other day and it was um, titled, Hey World, My High-Risk Child Matters in This Pandemic. And so I had reposted it because I have the same sentiments, but my friend Carrie, who's an ICU nurse, um, went through this person's feed and was re- reading some more. And this is a really good quote that I wanted to share. It said, the world needs more rationality and less rationalizing. Rationalizing is searching for justification after you've reached an opinion or decision. Rationality is seeking the best logic and data before you commit and staying open to changing your mind. And I think that is part of our problem. I mean, I think that is our problem. <laughs> well, it is. And I think Google provides a platform for that. You can back anything up that you believe on Google at some point. You, if you dig hard enough yeah. and you phrase it right, it's going it, to, or it'll be a small up. study that, you know, may have had some other factors, but it shows what you want it to show. And so you use it. Yeah. Or somewhere in it, it may have disproved the study, but somewhere in there, because it was a study, someone thinks it's valid. Yeah. So um, you know how many times within probably the last, I don't know, two months, I've heard people say common sense is not so common anymore. Why do we call it common sense? And I feel like I say that every day. Well, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I hear that to myself every day. Yeah. That's, it, you know. It's like we only use common sense when it suits what we want to say anyway. It, it does. And that goes back to the, the Google thing. I mean, Anybody can back anything up on Google. Um, yeah, I, you shouldn't use Google. You should use Google Scholar if you're looking for peer-reviewed articles. But then I know people don't think peer-reviewed articles are worth anything at this point in time either. So, I've never heard of Google Scholar. What's that? It's um, it's for actual scientific type. Wow. Searches. So. Oh, so no, nobody's going to use it then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Unless you work at a university or something, you probably don't even know about it but well we're gonna spread the word on that one um I just keep saying lately you know I feel like our science our high school science departments have failed us <laughs> I so, suppose that could just be my opinion but so let's just jump in the deep end because there's no point in in wading through pussyfooting around it shallow shallow bullshit when you can get into it let's talk about 
this one, the FDA warns against livestock medication as COVID treatment. I was wondering how that started. Like, where the hell did that come from? Okay, so ivermectin is is FDA approved. For what? uh, For humans. Um, We just do not use it in America that much. It's used in other countries, but it's for parasites. Um, we, we, as Americans just don't have a lot of parasites. I, I don't really know. I'm not a doctor. I have malaria and things like that. Yes. So, but it is, my understanding is it is FDA approved for human use. Um, in specific parasites. situations, in specific situations, um, but those are human brands that are, you know, regulated. That's not going to your local farm store and buying something that's supposed to be, that is a dosage for a horse. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know the, the chemical difference. If there is a chemical difference, I don't know. Well, there's but, certainly a dosage difference based on pounds. Oh, totally. totally. Joe Rogan's taking it. I saw that. Yeah, he's taking it. He has COVID right now, and he's he's been very public. Yeah, he was also doing other things that were approved. So how can you say whether or not that's the one factor that put him over the top kind of thing? Someone I follow on uh, Instagram, um, they, they took it. Their family took it. I, what I don't understand, and obviously is beyond my education, approved for parasites, fine. Uh, COVID is not a parasite. So I wonder what the chemical makeup is or what the active ingredient is. Somebody was using it for the proper use and accidentally got it on themselves and they were the only ones in their family who didn't end up with COVID. So therefore now that was the cure to COVID and then it spread on social media. Did you guys see the FDA, what they tweeted about it? So this is what I was just looking for. On their Twitter account, it's US, US FDA. They say, quote, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. And they use the word y'all. <laughs> the best one I saw was, um, it's really funny that all these people going around and saying those who got the vaccination are sheeple when they're the ones taking livestock drugs. Yeah. So interesting side note here. Um, I've heard from two different people um, that... Um, like Casey had COVID in November of last year of 2020 and um, still has not got her smell back. And I've heard of two different people who then went and got the vaccine and got their smell back. Hmm. I don't know if there's any, we'll have to check Google Scholar for, for the stats on that, if there is any, but I, I, I thought that was fascinating actually you know it's interesting that you say that because i believe i had covid back in april i never went and got tested for it though because one i couldn't get off the couch and no one could take me and two i lost my taste of my smell so i'm like well i'm just gonna self-diagnose myself and i stayed home um and i thought i had my smell back but then like 
the other night I was making something and I put minced garlic in it and I couldn't smell the garlic all the way. And it's been like that for a couple of months now where I feel like I can't smell like the full smell of something. I could smell it a little bit, but not fully. So I don't know. Maybe it's just my brain playing tricks on me too. I don't know. Um, Did you get the vaccine? Maybe yes. this would be a good test to find out. Yes. I got the vaccine. I actually got the vaccine, the first dose, and then I came down with COVID after my first dose. It was a fun but ride. It's not proven that those two things are related. You could have already been exposed. So let's not oh, go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going down that road because I think I was exposed. I believe I was exposed already. And I've told people so I go, did you I know. not get the second shot then? Ever? No, I did. Okay. Yeah. I went and got oh. the and I asked my doctor, and that's what I tell everyone. You need to go to your doctor ask your doctor that's what I did that's what I did I called my doctor I said here's what happened when should I get my second dose and um they we talked it out and actually the nurse had to go ask a couple people she goes I don't know the real answer to that to be honest so that's what people that's what and then there's always you know in any profession people are going to disagree so you have to trust the doctor that you go to you know Mm -hmm. we have a pediatrician that we've used for the kids' entire lives. We have a pediatric pulmonologist that we've used for the last four years. You know, I don't care what someone else's pediatrician said because they don't know my kid. Right. You know, my pediatrician and my pulmonologist are who I'm taking advice from. You know, I I kill weeds. I don't, you know, take care of sick people. So I'm going to pay them for their advice and I'm going to take it. I'm not going to second guess them. I wonder if there's going to be a shortage now in the, is it ivermectin? Is that how you pronounce it? I wonder if Mm -hmm. there'll be a shortage now. I saw something for his guinea pig who needed it. Like it was a topical um, uh, ointment for a guinea pig. And it was out at the store where he normally got it from. So, so I'm, I'm open about the fact that I did get the shot. I'm also open about the fact that, um, had my cancer doctor not told me to get the shot, I don't know that I would have. Um, I, um, up until I got cancer, I had never had the flu shot. Um, and I'd never had flu. Um, well, and that's the thing. Okay. So my older brother went and got the flu shot for the first time last year. And like the doctor who he went and got it from interrogated him about why he was getting it because COVID was kind of going around that. And he's like, because I got the flu last year and it sucked and I don't ever want to have to do it, go through that again. You know, it's like, why, why are we second guessing people for choosing to do something to, you know, help their health? Yeah. Now when, when my uh, chemo doctor said, um, I think you ought to get the flu shot. And this was the first time I'd gotten it was during, it must've been during the pandemic. I said, um, I said, why? And she said, well, she, ex- of course, explained some science to me. And the, but, the, but what she told me that really um, made me decide to go ahead and get it, other than her recommendation, since she is my doctor, was that um, if you end up in, in the emergency room or hospital, um, the first thing they're going to look at with you is the flu and other things going around. So if you tell them you've had the flu vaccine, that's going to speed up what they're looking for. Is it COVID now? You know, not, not waiting for that process to kind of present itself. Um, and that made sense to me. 
mm-hmm. um, and, and she recommended it. And, and like I said, at this point, I'm listening to cancer doctors because you kind of get to that point. Um, but then I think this takes us also into the fact that why, and everybody calm down out there listening, why as farmers do we promote, listen to the science, but we don't have to? You know, I find it very hard for, particularly with GMOs, you know, listen to the science, listen to the science. Um, oh, but I'm not going to take that vaccine. Yeah. And the thing is too, everyone's like, oh, it wasn't FDA approved, but it actually just needed to wait the time period because there were so many people who had taken the vaccine and those people were way more than it would have ever been needed in a regular trial to begin with. So now just, one, one is currently approved by the FDA, Pfizer. It is now. Yes. yes. Moderna probably shouldn't be too far behind. Um, my, my thing is being a millennial, I don't know what the science is. Where do I get the science? To be honest, I just don't know who to listen to. I know to listen to doctors and, you know, scientists, but I don't know where they are, to be honest. That's well, my, I mean, that's my you, predicament. You would go to your local doctor and see what they say. Um, I guess I'm lucky in that one of the ladies I went to college with is actually a scientist at Pfizer. <laughs> not that she's, she's not working on this particular vaccine, but, you know, she knows the process. She knows um, how it's going through their company. You know, she had posted things that came from, that were public that, you know, came from their company. And so, I mean, I, I guess that when you get old enough, you know, you have friends everywhere. <laughs> I have a side note question. So this was like a man-made virus. Am I, did I read, I read that somewhere. Well, they haven't. That's still being debated. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it is, Weren't they already working on it? Like working on a vaccine? Vaccine. They, oh my God, where was my brain at? I couldn't even come up with the word. <laughs> like if you're making a man-made virus, aren't you also working on something to stop the man-made virus? But that's just my conspiracy theory. So anyway, so, <laughs> so back to trusting the science. Um, now, Chris Campbell disagrees with me. He says you can trust some science, but they're all different. And I'm like, I don't know how you can scream. I, I don't know. Thoughts? Uh, I know there's a peer review Science process. that you want to listen to. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I said. I'm like, you can't pick and choose. I guess I'm more apt to listen to the science if it's been peer reviewed and, you know, double checked and things like that. I mean, I'm not going to listen to a study in that's just trying to prove something that hasn't been reviewed and, and then had 10 people in some remote part of a country I don't even live in yeah yeah that's that's when I'm like okay I need I need Unless more research really- but it goes it goes back to what I said earlier you need to do your own research too and don't count Facebook as a credible source but unless you've had to actually write a paper for peer review maybe you don't understand everything that goes into that so no, maybe from that point of view, maybe I would have an advantage because I know how rigorous it was to get that through and how there were so many questions asked and, you know, things needed to be more solid before it actually could be considered and printed in a, in a printed journal. But I just, I don't know. I, 
This is, and, and I know I am on the opposite end of most people who might be listening to this, but <laughs> I don't know, you know, I, we were talking, you know, I, I'm waiting for my seven-year-old to be able to be vaccinated and other people like won't even let their kids go near vaccinated kids. But, you know, I'm not looking for the vaccine to keep COVID away from her. I'm looking for the vaccine that if she gets COVID, it's not going to send her to the hospital because she's not going to spiral into yeah. some asthmatic issues. So, you know, I think we're all in different positions and, you know, I wish people could appreciate that to some extent, but I don't know. I know in ag in general, I'm usually on the opposite end of this conversation. I just, I'm just tired of it all. I'm tired of the bickering. I'm tired of the fighting. Someone told me the other day that we're in a cold civil war. I'm like, oh, I believe that. I, ve- I really do. Well, there's definitely yeah, sides taken. Finding terms for previous wars. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are, were, were we in a hot silver war? Before? I don't even know. The Cold War. So is it a cold civil world war? I well, don't if it's cold, know. people are, if someone's cold, like they are sneaky. And I believe people are being sneaky right now. So, yeah. I don't know. That's one way to put it, I guess. I don't know. I, I just think that, yeah, we need to quit getting your your medical advice off of Facebook yeah Yeah, talk to your doctor if your doctor says you don't need it well then fine but you know personally I don't want to see you die of COVID so I would say get vaccinated but you don't have to do it on my account but don't go around my seven-year-old if you're not (laughs) so I do want to transition to this other article about being fewer people in rural America and that's a problem for labor on ranches and farms, that really stuck out to me because of the pandemic. I have been told, and I haven't seen data back this up because I think we're still in the early beginning stages, but people are moving from urban areas to rural areas because of Mm -hmm. the pandemic. So when I saw that headline, I thought, and they just did the census, and you know, there's a lot, the census became very political this year. Um, so that doesn't include what's kind of happening now, you know, maybe does a little bit, I don't know, but I just, that headline really stuck out to me because I've but been told people opposite. that are moving. Yeah. Still have the jobs they had. Right. Cause they can, you work know, they're not home. moving into rural America looking for a job. They're just taking their city job and doing it somewhere else. Right. Well, and, and again, you have to kind of look, um, at what they're talking about. This is out of Omaha, Nebraska. I'm telling you right now, development is running rampant through here. We're not uh, fewer people in rural America is bullshit out here where I'm at. Um, in the first place, Amazon warehouses are going up like wildfire around here. And, and let's be honest, though, you're just barely not in the city. I am. I am just barely not in Indianapolis. But I think I think when you say that. I think you're, again, it's a blanket statement coming out of Omaha, Nebraska, maybe. But when I read that headline, unless I open it up and look at Omaha, Nebraska, I'm like, that's bullshit. And um, for, for anyone that wants to look this up, it's on USA Today is where I got it. It was an article posted on the 15th of August. So, And quite honestly, that's always been a problem finding labor for farms and ranches has always been a problem. We can't find a truck driver to help us this fall. Um, 
Have you gotten any applicants? Like, I'm curious. What? None. None. Um, and, and I just put a message out on Facebook and, um, a couple people responded, but nobody followed up. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think anybody wants to do it in the first place. I'll be honest. We aren't going to pay as much as Amazon warehouses are probably paying right now. Um, you know, we can't offer insurance, but you just, you just can't find anybody who wants to do it. But I want to know where are the people, you know, every place is hiring. So where, where did, if they had the, did they have these people before? Did they expand maybe when they shouldn't have? Where are all the people that either had these jobs before or, you know, where are they? I mean, Taco Bell is offering 15 bucks an hour. They realized in Illinois, they could stay home and make more. Illinois. That that program came to a stop, right? Am I not in Illinois? Uh, I thought it was going to stop nationwide, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know anything I don't think about it has it. yet. Um, it did stop in Iowa and I believe South Dakota and some of those states. A lot of these companies too are are um, offering, you know, like sign-on bonuses now. You know, fifteen to twenty dollars an hour with a thousand dollar sign-on bonus. I told Chris Hill, and now those sign-on bonuses, I have to say, are usually after a 30 to 60, sometimes 90 day period. I'm like, the problem is people don't want to work. What keeps these people, like if I were in the market for a job right now, which Chris Campbell says I should be, but that's beside the point. Um, what keeps these people from going to sign, going, getting a job? working your 30 days, getting your money, getting your sign-on bonus and going to the next place that has a sign-on bonus. I think that's happening. You know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, they'll show up for two to three weeks and then they'll stop coming again. I'm sorry, but that's kind of brilliant. What about the people though? I think my mom or dad pointed this out the other day when they saw a sign that said thousand sign-on bonus. He was like, what about the people that are already there? Don't they want something, you know, for staying and working? I've heard that too. Yep. I agree. We went to uh, Chili's here in Franklin the other day and uh, hardly anybody in the parking lot. And we walked in and the guy in front of us said he was alone. And so she seated him and then she looked at us and she said, it'll be about 25 minutes before I can seat you. And she's like, I only have one server today. Oh my gosh. Uh, And we have restaurants in town that, you know, will only do carry out because they don't have anybody serving. Um, yeah, all these people moving in and building all these houses, where are they coming from? And and not just not just work-wise, but where are the people coming from? Illinois. In this whole time. Illinois. <laughs> I'm like Chicago. Oh my God, it's like they're coming out of the ground. Well, I wonder, I really wonder, because you brought up the point earlier we've always had kind of a labor problem. You know, I know grain elevators every fall, always looking for help, you know, and I think this year it's even worse. So what kind of backup is that going to cause? I don't know. Well, I think our bigger problem is where is, where is it going to go? You know, mm-hmm. I suppose they can pile it, but right now they can't export it because it can't go down to the Mississippi at this point in time. Um, and I still, that just, that's, you know, if we're going to talk about amazing natural feats that have happened in our lifetime the fact that the mississippi river reversed last this past week 
is just incredible to me, but maybe I'm just a nerd. But. Wait, what? Hurricane Ida stopped the flow of the Mississippi River and pushed it back up this this week as, you know, so, I mean, it was only for like four minutes, but can you imagine stopping the flow of the Mississippi River? Okay, and, and then I reversing think that it. opens up a new subject. I don't think anybody has any idea how powerful Mother Nature is. <laughs> well, I think that tells us it right there. Stop I think, far, I think farmers do. River. Farmers do. But I think that people are always, uh, random people say, oh my God, farmers complain about Mother Nature all the time. Mother Nature will make you her bitch. She'll always win. In two seconds flat. She's always going to win. There was some uh, news thing on the news this morning. And the guy said, uh, storms are getting worse. And I'm like, no, they're not. Just because you haven't been through a bad one doesn't mean storms are getting worse. But getting worse compared to what? You know, so they were comparing Ida to Katrina which wasn't really apples to apples, but I mean, Katrina wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was 2005, which maybe that's a long time ago in Kelsey's life, but it's not in ours. Right. I was 10 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was married to three kids. So I, I just, sometimes I think like that guy just blurts shit out. Well, and I'm not going to open this can of worms. I'm just going to say that climate change conversation, I've heard it more in this past week than I have, you know, just because of what's happening on the East Coast as well. Like I said, not opening that can of worms, that's always going to be a topic of discussion with weather too. Well, and it always hits different places. So maybe the East Coast hasn't seen it in a while, but you know what? Corpus Christi, Texas has. (laughs) Florida has. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so if we're going to talk about that, let's move on to, uh, is the U.S. government paying farmers to destroy crops? I had not heard of this, and I'm on TikTok. That's where it started, was TikTok. I had not heard of it either, and I've watched some TikToks, but only if my kids send them to me because they're funny. But my nephew lives in Texas, and he called me a couple weeks ago and said, what's going on blah 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 and I'm like what 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 no. what crop was it give us some background what's going on here I don't know he just he said he had heard that um so this is uh snoops and and I hadn't heard it until he called me it just the title is is the U.S. government paying farmers to destroy crops it just says crops literally in the summer of 2021 rumors started to circulate on social media again no he doesn't say again but but in social media that the u.s government was forcing farmers to destroy their crops this rumor was largely spread in tiktok videos by people claiming that they had received letters from the u.s department of agriculture instructing farmers to destroy their crops and it said, like we talked about earlier, this video is dated back to 2018. We're in 2021, people. And the and someone commented on the video and said, why was this dated 2018 if it just sent yesterday? And the the creator, the farmer, was like, it was a joke, buddy. Oh, Jesus. Like, why would you post that? I don't you have better things to do than than doing that? I 
that's where that's where social media that's where it's bad like you can literally post anything out there and people are gonna believe it without looking into it and i think that just wraps up our entire conversation today okay so then i have a question why in 2018 was he getting this letter well it was an actual letter let me see for land management training i believe yeah land management training yep and he just he didn't really go into it he just showed that he had a letter from the usda so Anyways, before we wrap up, I want to know about harvest because our crops are really firing up. I passed a soybean field out in the country where I live yesterday and starting to drop leaves. Harvesting going on this week. Farm Progress Show. Yeah. And Half Century Progress had some last week too. We drove to Illinois yesterday to pick up a uh, grain vac and um, I never have to get in the leg pit again to clean it out. Well, I mean a little bit, but I won't have to bucket it all out but anyway that side note um i could not believe uh how much was just on the drive we were on how much was ready to harvest or or close i mean and i kept going oh my god look at that oh my god look at that and chris finally said you're gonna have to shut up because you're stressing me out um i was some of it died i mean (laughs) yeah some of it there's a difference between you know, maturing to harvest and dying. <laughs> yeah, these, these looked uh, some uh, some of these honestly looked quite mature, and, and it was a it was even across the field, and it was I was surprised. What part of Illinois were you in? I mean, it could have been seed corn. We know super it was farmer not all seed corn. Okay, I don't know where I was, I don't know. Uh, Harmon has uh, started seed corn this week and so have some of the guys in northwestern Illinois so I know that's coming out there are beans that are turning on 74 here between Bloomington and Peoria that are turning pretty fast yeah and that's it I forget where we were um but it's gonna be here before you know it I mean it really is Chris says that all the time and I'm like eh, whatever. it's gonna be here soon <laughs> Yeah. I had a, a one a family friend of ours said last night, he goes, I'm starting September 20th. That's my planned date. I'm not going to go any earlier than that. There's no point in doing it. And he goes, that's the time I start every year. And I know there's farmers out there that get ants in their pants and let's go right now so we can get it in. It'll, you'll get it in. Well, there are some that are going to go early that had some pretty severe wind damage, but that's just to try and, you know, be able to pick it up and preserve some yield and some quality um but there's there's more of that going to be probably in northwestern Illinois but there's a lot of fields to me that you know they didn't they weren't dark green and then go into brown they're like there's a lot of lime green fields at the moment but I am in an area where there were massive amounts of rainfall a couple different times so maybe that's just kind of this area but I've seen a lot of lime green I've seen quite a few videos, Millennial Farmer being one of them. I believe he has quite a few fields down mm-hmm. up in Minnesota. They got some thunderstorms, storms rolling through there that destroyed some of their crops. So Mother Nature, like you said, Jen, she's a bitch. I had the students doing some yield checks and in, in one field, we went anywhere from like 130 to 250 just based on the drainage and what was going on. So some of it was perfectly green all the way to the ground, and then other parts of it were completely yellow and spindly stalks. And so they'd been 
short on nitrogen for quite a while. So when it got dry, we definitely dropped some yield. Um, I mean, we, it was gonna. I think it was worked out. Was gonna work out to be a pretty, a pretty, really good year, and we did drop some yield. Now we've had that weather last week when it got into the 90s and close to 100. It popped up some showers, but I don't think it's gonna miraculously save. But that brings up a good point. Now is the time to go look in your field and see what's going on. Don't wait yeah. until you take the combine through and there's no plants left. Go out there and check and see, you know, how many plants per acre you have, how many ears per acre you have, what kind of, uh, you know, how big are the ears that you're looking at? Are they filled to the end or have they aborted a bunch of kernels? Um, I had some yesterday in class that there was a lot that was never even pollinated. So really mm. just in the field. I mean, we have a small 20 acre plot yeah. and uh, it had a couple, um, it has some drainage problems and then it had different populations, but yeah, there was a fair amount of some of the ears that weren't even populated, but we would have really nice, beautiful ears in one part of the field. And then we would have, you know, tiny little, not even as big as a pop can really skinny half pollinated ears too. So. Of course I saw some beautiful ears while I was at the farm progress show. You know, you gotta <laughs> bring your breasts to that, obviously. No, I think it's gonna be my, a lot of variability. My dad said um that next week we're gonna have our local FS come out and fly the drone and do some checks and things like that because he's really wanting to know before harvest. So do it while you can. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll know There's sooner. Your agronomic advice of the week. <laughs> Karen's agronomy corner. <laughs> I just come to class. That's what I did with my class, both my classes this week. We did yield checks and we looked for diseases and insects and uh, all kinds of pre-harvest type evaluations. All right. All right, guys. Well, good stuff today. Have a good week. Be positive on social media. And source your sources. Source your sources. That source your sources. Source and your I was going to say go buy toilet paper because that's what I'm going to do. I don't understand that. I saw that the other day. Are we doing that again? Oh, we just actually, my toilet paper tower has disintegrated. And so I actually need to go buy toilet paper. <laughs> that's why, you know, I get mine from Amazon. It just comes the, the subscribe and save thing. That's the best thing I've ever did. And Chris is like, you know, he doesn't need your money. I'm like, I don't care if he delivers toilet paper, he can take it. So <laughs> it's not him. It's the, uh, the people that work for him that I'm supporting. That's what I said the other day. I'm like that my own sanity. Yeah. It's all important. It's all in perspective. Again, it's all in perspective. So source your sources and stay positive. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next time for another episode of Girls Talk Ag. And if you can't wait until then, connect with us on Twitter.